0: discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code ABSURDITY at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there.
1: Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey guys, so if you remember Caleb Isley from episode, I believe, 25 of this podcast, he's a good friend of mine and a friend of the podcast. He runs Humans of Adventism, and he will be a keynote speaker this year at the Society of Adventist Communicators Convention. And that's going to be at the new NAD headquarters in Columbia, Maryland. And so if you want more information about SAC and about the convention, head on over to AdventistCommunicator.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Absurdity. We Let me be the first one to apologize for missing a week. It's the first week we have missed all year long, and it's because... I was in the middle of a huge job transition, and which I announced and talked about last episode. I worked my first thirteen-hour day in like three years, and uh, let's just say I, I had a rough weekend and, and and just could not get the recording in. But we are back.
2: I was hoping your slurred speech and bleary eyes were due to the hard work and not other factors. So
1: no, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah, glad to hear
2: it's because you're you're overworking and stressed,
1: dude. It is it is crazy though. Like. Um, my body just isn't adjusting to this that well. Like, I love the job, right? I'm not complaining at all about the job. But I went from being able to set my own schedule to having to, like, follow someone else's schedule and, like, be in an office all day. So I went from, you know, going to sleep at, like, 1, 2, 3 in the morning, waking up at 10, 11, 12, doing kind of it setting my own schedule from there, right? And now I've gone to waking up at 6 and going to bed at, like, 11, and uh, it's crazy. My, even my dog is actually kind of struggling to adjust. But it is but what it been is. its what its like
2: two weeks.
1: You'll, you'll adjust. Well, I didn't have any of my furniture. I don't have a desk currently for my main computer. So I'm recording this in my room. So I apologize for anyone who thinks the audio quality has like significantly dropped this episode from my end. It's because I'm in an untreated room. I don't have as much control over my acoustics right now. So I apologize for that.
2: It's still gonna be better than like the first five episodes I was on, like. Well, that's it's fair. Still...
1: That's fair. It's still <laughs> gonna be better still... than
2: that. It's still better. Still better. Yeah, but that's also um...
1: quality—not just audio quality, but just content quality. I'm just kidding. I love you, Tony. I love you. I've missed you. I've missed you. I terribly. would argue
2: if. It... It, if it wasn't such. So
1: this is like the first time that Tony and I have talked, in like since before I moved, like three. a couple of weeks. So this, yeah. yeah, this has been like. I mean, three we, weeks. we
2: texted a little bit, but this is the first time like we've actually caught it. Yeah. I haven't even asked you how it's been going, so that's going to kind of come out. Um, this is an interesting topic we're going to talk about today, though. Well,
1: I it, considering in light considering um, <laughs> in light of my move, in light of a lot of the conversations I had, yeah. um, before accepting this job, even when it was still like in the you know i don't know what i want to do and i don't even know if i'm going to get the job and things like that like like this was a topic that was coming up in every conversation and it was like well where do you feel called to go ryan what do you what do you feel god calling you to do and like i used a i used like a mocking voice there the questions were always asked in earnest and and i very much respect the people who asked them to me but at the same time but that's
2: how that's how you feel like you don't feel it personally but after a while it's like
1: yeah yeah it's Uh, um and and the question always comes from a good place
2: yeah it's like the guy who played biff from um back to the future have you heard this like he has an actual card he gives out to people that answers like the top five most asked questions like number one yes i did invent butthead number two like i did meet christopher lloyd he's a very shy person like all those (laughs) things like it goes in order like we did base it off donald trump like those type of things because he's so tired of asking those questions, he's like, if someone comes and asks something that's not on that card, I'll usually like hang out and I wanna I wanna still spend time with them and, and chill. But it's like that way it eliminates like eighty percent of the same yeah. questions over and over again.
1: I believe it. That that does not surprise me at all. But so so I kind of want to just kind of jump right in here and talk about calling. What is a calling? How do we determine it? All that good stuff. Now, this isn't meant to be an advice episode, right? So, if you're someone in the middle of like trying to figure out your calling, if there is some helpful information in this episode for you, that's fine. But we're not trying to do a how-to guide. Completely
2: accidental.
1: Yeah, we're just trying to completely by accident. We're just having a conversation about calling. That's all. Stream of consciousness. Just just straight up stream of consciousness.
2: And let me tell you something else about them. This is yeah. this
1: is this is absurdity after dark when Ryan is exhausted Ooh. and Tony has a longer beard than him, which is very rare to see happen. I was going to say you
2: saved. I wanted to talk about it, but we're still not doing live episodes. This is, I think, the first time in years I have had a bigger beard than you.
1: Okay, only only people. This is a pedal stash. Only people. This is the
2: pedal I think.
1: Yes, that's true. You, yeah. The, okay, only people from the School of Religion at Southern will understand this. But I saw Star today. And Shut and the first up. one of the first things she said to now when I graduated, I had short hair on top and a super long beard. Like a six inch long, long beard. beard. Yeah. Okay, now I have four inch hair on top and like trimmed to my face beard currently. First thing she says to me is, I like your hair and beard this way, flipped. Like <laughs> First thing that woman said to me was, I like your hair and your beard better this way.
2: No. Oh, my goodness. Hello. Like, straight yep, to the just point. Just
1: straight to the point. It was fantastic. I love that woman. Beautiful. Um, uh,
2: calling, man. This is so... It, it's such a broad topic because when we talk about, like, what what even is calling? What is a calling? It can mean so many different things to so many different people. Um you know, generally in the Christian sense, we talk about it as like, "Oh, you're calling to ministry," but even when we talk about that, okay, is it calling to pastoral ministry? Is it calling to different ministry? I think a lot of times we confuse calling with specifically pastoral ministry. Um,
1: oh, absolutely.
2: And i I don't think that's I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that's true most of the time.
1: Well, no, and because of that, like because y- so because we've we've given that it's false equivalency, right? You see people who change yeah. their lives, right? Who who lived this one way and then decided, like, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus, and and this is the life I want to live now. And then suddenly, like, they feel like the only option they have is then to become a pastor. Like, they go, oh, I follow Jesus. What is he calling me to do? He's calling me to follow him. The best way to follow him then is to, um, you know, is to enter ministry and change everything I was doing. And um, like we see, and, I think and- we see that a lot.
2: Not even just like it's the best option, like that's the option. That's what I have to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people actually give that. Um, one of the proudest moments that I will not proudest moments I guess, but one of my achievements at Southern that I'm very proud of in undergrad is I talked eight people out of being pastors. And I'm very proud of that fact. And I will explain to you why.
1: Well, don't worry, Tony. Because make that make that number nine because after having you as my co host, I've decided I don't want to be in the same careers. I'm just kidding. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding tony
2: if you if
1: if, tony
2: if it wasn't accurate i would be so offended (laughs) um i just i want to fight you on some of these things but they're not um i can't i have no ground to stand on no but the reality is especially when it comes to um why i did that uh actually let's make it 10 because you and steve both um he's a teacher now man he's not even a pastor um the reality is when I did that it's because a lot of these people were called to know they they felt a calling towards God and even towards a ministry, but not the pastoral ministry, and a lot of them didn't even like people. And that was my biggest thing. It's like look, if you're you know, not a super deep thinker, or if you're not um very, very talented musically, or if you can't you know, not a good preacher, none of that bothered me. But if people didn't like being a like people, that bothered me. And there were so many people in college, um, in undergrad, in the theology program, that joined the theology program, I felt out of guilt. Like, as restitution or penance. Um, And they're like, well, I have to be a pastor now. And I'm like, that's probably the worst reason to become a pastor. Um, I guess to murder someone, that would be a long term plan, like <laughs> that would be a bad reason, like I'm gonna become a pastor and then join and slowly infiltrate and then I'll murder like a ten year
1: Yeah, but at, at the, the same time, the there worst. are some pastors that like they they're like, Well you need to kill yourself and they mean it like they mean it like you need to die daily to yourself. And so there are some pastors that did definitely get in to murder people.
2: Yeah. That's spiritually,
1: true. so that, that Jesus can resurrect. Spiritually. Them. Um Shout but out the to all the pastors like, that use terrible metaphors. Shout out to all you guys. Ugh, we all know you I, exist. Somebody did a
2: the speaker for chapel today did a total unintentional double entendres, and it was just oh my god! He's like, you just you know sometimes you have to touch, and, and God loves touching girls and touching boys. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, can dude, we okay? Like,
1: can we just do, pause and do a like a PSA and just ugh. like, can we start a petition to remove the word touched, touching, touch in general from like all spiritual I, just, vocabulary? Like, can we just do that, please? I
2: understand what you were going, but couch it and contextually you understand, but just know what you're gonna say, like, and don't use boys or girls, men and women. Touching men, touching women, that's a different story. Touching a man, you touch him on his shoulder. Touching a woman, you touch her, you know, on her on her forearm. Touching boys and girls that don't say that, please don't say that. Anyway, so. Yeah, we need, there's a few of them. The other one is going all the way with Jesus. Can we please stop? Who wants to go all the way with Jesus today? Mm, mm, mm,
1: mm, mm, mm. I've heard all of these, and they all need to stop. Uh, Just please stop. They all please, need to stop. I beg Just you.
2: think like a 12-year-old when you're writing your sermon. Is this going to make a 12-year-old laugh? Then don't put it in. Anyway, go back to the main point. <clears throat> the reality is that for a lot of people, they don't like people. And... If you don't like people, you shouldn't be a pastor. Um, That's not to say that your calling isn't bigger than that, but that's to say that for the pastoral calling, it's so much bigger than just being a pastor. Being a pastor is a very specific type of ministry, and most people are not good pastors. Know that. It is okay. That's why there's one. There are four people to run an AV system. There is one pastor you get that? In other words, there are more people who are good at AV than there are being a pastor. That doesn't mean we're special. It means we probably couldn't even handle doing AV.
1: Well, that, so, I mean, like for every Moses, there's 600,000 Israelites that were just called yeah. to be Israelites, right? Like, be the best Israelite that you could be. That is. I very won't even much say
2: Moses. I'll, 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 let's flip it and say the priest, because Moses was like he had a special connection to God. With the priests, it's like the priest had a very specific duty, and there were some cons, you know what I mean, to being a priest, to being a, a part yeah. of Levi. For every one priest, there was, you know, 300,000, you know, uh, uh, Israelites. So to me, it's even more with that because it's like Moses had a unique connection. And I think a lot of people put the pastor on the level of Moses, and it's like, no, 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 no. Your pastor is just a dude that's fulfilling a role he might be awesome or she might be awesome, but they're just fulfilling that role. They're not Moses. Like, they're not this huge spiritual creature. They're just, it's a role that a specific type of personality and a specific type of person tends to fill better than most. And that's not to say that pastors are only one skill set, like only choleric blah, blah, blah can be a pastor. No, every different personality type, but generally most pastors that do well and are good pastors are people people. They want to serve people, and they are okay being around people the majority of the time. Um, a lot of pastors that I meet that struggle in the job, it's because they don't like people. Mm. And it's like, dude, that's 90% of your job. Yeah, talking with is, people. Is hanging with people, people
1: and dealing with conflict. Dealing with and, people.
2: Yeah. yeah. I almost or feel, it, it, makes it, it really makes me feel or, like
1: like conflict resolution is one of the greatest... is like one of the biggest things I, I would look for if I was going to hire someone to be a pastor. It, sh- it should be. But it's we not. Should be in fact, I don't even remember ever I don't conflict even, resolution. I don't even remember like having a single interview question ever in any interview about my conflict resolution skills.
2: No, it's all theology. Yep. And that's the thing that when we talk about calling that that bugs me is like dude, there's so many different things to be called to. Like Everything potentially is a ministry. Like if you stop and think about that, everything's a potential ministry. That should open so many doors. What are you good at? What do you love? I love making paper airplanes. Freaking make a paper airplanes ministry. Like that's your thing now. You know what I mean? Like literally whatever you enjoy and love, make that into a ministry because ministry just means to serve. To well okay so, to so
1: let's back up then a second and and let's actually define the word calling as is tradition on this show like like right. what are we talking about when we say what is your calling or how to find your calling
2: So I would think for me my interpretation of it is when God puts a special motivation and um
1: burden passion
2: burden I guess yeah passion
1: Fire. those are two good
2: words for it Um, in your personality, uh, sorry, in your personality, on your heart um, to do a certain, to serve him in a certain way. Let's put it that way. I think that's a a fairly broad enough mission. So God specifically comes and puts this passion in your heart, um, this burden on your heart, to serve him in a specific capacity. That, to me, is a calling.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, what what do you what yeah, do you think? Yeah, I I I mean I would say would you it, add to that. I I would I mean I wouldn't add to it necessarily. I would actually combine kind of what you said. You you corrected yourself and I wouldn't have corrected you. When you said personality, I do okay. think he embeds your calling in your personality too. Um I because I think he embeds your calling in in the things that you're interested in um and the things that that kind of like your personality type might be interested in something more so than uh, than someone else. And I think that's a big, I think yeah. that plays a big part in determining your calling. Um, one of the, you know, when I, I, I,
2: I just don't want to limit it to a certain, cause I, I, I remember I one want of to our professors, <laughs> one of our professors from Southern, he's a melancholy personality and, uh, he was told, well, you, you're not going to be a good pastor because good pastors are, are clerics. Those of you who don't know, they're the four humors. Clerics are very organized business type. Uh, melancholies tend to be more, um, Counselory, the emotional, they're in touch, they're interpersonal, um, very good intrapersonally, um, very good relationally. And so he was told, oh, you're not. And so I didn't want to limit it by your personality, but yeah, I think he also does call your personality too.
1: Well, yeah, like when I talk with, I I, I talk with a lot of high school kids, a lot of, a lot of young adults and college students as well. And, you know, I always, I always talk about the three ways to determine God's will for your life that, that I like really, really practical ways And one of the things I say is like, what do you like? (laughs) Uh, Is is the is the thing that is the decision you're debating, right? The decision you're the choice you're about to make. Is it in line with the passions that God has placed in your heart or the things that you like? And then I say, you know, is is it something that will bring you or others closer to God, right? Because if it's a calling, it's meant to serve Him, and by serving people, you are serving Him. Um, Yeah. And um, you know, so will it bring you or? Or others closer to God, and number three, is it in line with the skill sets that you have? Um, There are occasions, I think, where God does show up and like specifically says, like, "Hey, you, Ryan, go do this." Right? Like, I I I think there are times where He makes it more clear than others, but in the times where it's unclear, I think we go with what God has been building in us the whole time. Yeah. Right. Like the way I I guess this is. I, I guess I wanted to record this episode to say this exact part right now, but. Um, you know, I I have become Don't reveal uh, the nope, too late. Don't reveal the nope, process. You can stop after here. 18 minutes, guys. Um, the <laughs> I I really um I'm starting to come to the come around to the idea that I don't know that God necessarily calls people to specific like actions as much as he calls them to broader purposes. Um, now, there is a part of that's, that that is slightly projection um, based on my own experience. Like if you were to ask me, Ryan, what do you consider your calling? I consider my calling to equip people to become the best disciples they can be. That's what I, or to embrace the, you know, the fullness of who God has called them to be. That's kind of how I, I would describe it. And I can do that in pastoral ministry. I can do that in my current job here as an admissions counselor and ministry coordinator. You know, I can do that in, in a nonprofit. Um, I can do that in a church setting as a non-pastor. It really doesn't matter. But the, the, in other words, the purpose is broad, and the actions aren't as specific. Even when I look at God calling people to be a prophet, right? Like yes, there are there are minor things and specific actions he calls within that broader calling, but that's just the point. It's within a broader purpose that he has called them to. It's within a framework that God himself created by bolstering you, by building you and by by investing in you and and so, you know, that that's that's kind of how I feel now. Where it's not do I feel God calling me to do this specific action more what do, what what direction should I choose that will allow me to serve God the most or to you know to to um fulfill the purpose I believe I've been called to?
2: Yeah. I I think the other thing that we need to understand about calling is that it is uh It is in a continuous event, and it is impermanent. So God doesn't call you and then never do it again. He is constantly calling you. Um, so check your voicemail. And then I think it's it's also impermanent. Um,
1: Did you really just check your voicemail? Yeah, I checked. No, my voicemail. I, you Why said God. You said God is constantly calling you. I said check your oh, voicemail? Wow. Do you really just pull out your I'm, phone? Yeah, I I'm like. Your voicemail and stopped talking. I put talking.
2: it on airplane mode. Why would it?
1: That was amazing. You, you leave a It came it you out to you took me that literally. Like,
2: <laughs> Was so out of the blue. We're going to edit this out probably. Um so, Uh so it's, it's it's God is constantly updating his call. And then the other thing is that it's impermanent. God does not call for Uh, uh, the rest of eternity and so on and so forth in the specifics. I do believe he does call for specifics. Those specifics are uh, uh, impermanent, right? God called Jonah to be a prophet. That was a continuous calling, right? God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. That was impermanent, right? Yeah. He called him to go to Nineveh for a specific time. Um, But he calls you to serve him over the course of your entire life. And, and God is, first of all, and I think this is the other thing that we need to acknowledge, the other giant elf in the room, God's calling everybody. Um, we are a nation of priesthood. God is calling everybody to be involved in ministry. It bugs me to no end when I see people that, that, not that they come up and go, well, I don't have any ministry, but that they have been led to believe that because they can't go up front or they're not good with their hands or whatever, that they don't have an opportunity to minister. I'm like, who told you that? Like, I want to go and, you know, give them a little bit of Jesus right upside the back of their head. Because it's mm. like, no, you of course have a ministry, and God is calling you right now. And that's always been the thing. I have a friend of mine that um, she, is, she is going to be one of the most accomplished ministers I've ever met. Maybe not as a pastor, but she's just got, she's artistic. She can sing. She can do, like, all these amazing things. And, um, and when we started actually becoming very close friends, she goes, I don't think I can ever, you know, I, I, God couldn't possibly call me to a ministry. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, I just, I don't, I couldn't possibly do it. And she didn't even even have a specific reason. There was just this vague sense of, I'm not a pastor, minister, person thing. And now, and now, you know, fast forward a few, you know, some time and, and, she's running a Vespers, you know, and granted, there's only like six people there, but it's awesome. And, and I'm like, cool, you know, out of the blue. And she's like, yeah, I want to expand it. I want to, you know, uh, uh, plant a, a coffee shop and turn it into a church eventually and like do these, all these amazing things. And I'm like, that's so cool that you want to do that. I told you, you know, I totally whipped out. <laughs> yeah, I told you so. Because I'm like, God is, because that was my response back to it was like, God is calling you right now to a ministry. Are you aware of that? And we sat down and went through Ephesians and the different things that God calls us to. And I think the other thing is that God calls us, personally, I believe God calls us to five different types of ministries. And everything we do falls into those five different types. Um, which is that from Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 4, is it? Or is it Ephesians 5? I think it's Ephesians 4.
1: I don't so know where you're going with this. Apostles,
2: preachers,
1: uh, Ephesians... uh, or
2: apostles, prophets. Oh man, now I don't know. I feel like it's Ephesians. Evangelists 4. and teachers.
1: I think it's Ephesians four.
2: Yeah. Is it Ephesians four? Anyway. So I feel like I should research. I'm now, not a pastor or, 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 anymore,
1: whatever. so I don't I don't I've just all my Bible knowledge. Yeah, well, why not. am I
2: even asking you about spiritual things? what yeah, did um, I, I like do any, a heathen?
1: I don't do any ministry anymore at all, even though I'm a ministry you know coordinator. H- I don't do the ministry, you know, I just coordinate it.
2: You know what's hilarious about this? I was just thinking about this the other day. Of our like super close friends group. I'm the only one, well, technically I'm a student now, but I'm the only one that ended up becoming a pastor. We were all theology students. We all ended up being called a different other
1: Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm technically still a pastor. I still have my ministerial license.
2: Yeah, but you're not in Carolina.
1: Doesn't matter. It doesn't say that I'm...
2: You're not actively being paid as a pastor. You're still ministering. No, I actually am. you're not actively... Literally,
1: I'm still actively being paid as a pastor until tomorrow. As it like, oh, tomorrow I get my, my last paycheck. Yeah. You, are, you
2: just have to get in the last word, don't you?
1: Yes. Thank so, you. But, Let's go. But, yeah,
2: like, the reality is, you know, everyone's being called to be a minister. Everybody. You're being, you, whoever you are listening to this right now, God is calling you to ministry. And it falls within those four. So some he called to be apostles, some he called to be uh, prophets, some he called to be evangelists, some he called to be shepherds or pastors, and some he called to be teachers. I believe that God, everyone falls into those uh, five categories. Every ministry falls into those. It's either evangelistic or it's teaching or it's a shepherding or it's a prophetic ministry or it's an apost- uh, apostolic ministry. Um, administration falls into that. Pastoring falls into that. Preaching falls into that. Music ministry uh Flying a plane, um, ministry—you know—every everything you can do that serves someone falls into those categories. And we could get more into that. We won't in this particular podcast, but maybe that'd be a good one. Well, another episode. Can I
1: add something to that though? Because I think you've touched on something really, really important though, which is this: the decision that you're like, like the conclusion that you've come to on that comes from a working knowledge of Scripture. And this is something that's really important yeah. because I think when it comes down to, to deciding God's calling, we have all of these people that never open the Bible, that don't know squat about God, and then they or who God is, right? They don't even know, let alone facts about Him, but they don't know God themselves, and they go, "Where's God calling me?" And it's and, and I think one of the things that God that, that when it comes to determining our calling comes from, well, what do I know to be true about God? Yeah, right, like. And what you know to be true about God is that in Ephesians it's laid out that that you know there are some are called to be this, some are called to be that. You know that God calls people to those things, and you're able to make reasonable, logical conclusions from the information you know that you've learned about God and learned from your experiences in your past with God. And I think that's important because it's much harder for someone who who says like, uh, "Oh, I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do," but then literally spends no time in prayer, no time actually you know, investing in their own faith, and, they're, and then they're saying, like, God's calling me to go do something, um, or I don't know what God's calling me to go do, and that's, like, to me, that's just a big red flag, you know what I mean? Like, that's, so I think you've touched on something big there, just in the way you said what you said.
2: Yeah, um, I often think that's interesting. I mean, I, I'm not saying that God only calls people who have a working knowledge of him, not no, even, no, in the no, 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 no.
1: Yeah. If I, but if I, think I some yeah, if I come that, up, my bad.
2: before you ask for advice. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I had a lot of people come up and go before, you know, what, what, what is God calling me to? And I'm like, well, have you asked him like, you know, like, have you talked to him and asked him? Yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. I kind of sort of, well, spend some time talking to him. Like that's the, that's the first step. Um, you look at Paul, Paul's a great example Like, Paul spent so much time in the Word that God could tell him, like, yeah, you know that place you want to go do awesome, amazing things in? Don't don't go there. I want you to go south to Macedonia. And he's like, okay, we were going to go to Asia, but I guess we'll go this way now. And the Bible, by the way, this is what's interesting about this. The Bible never tells us why God did not tell them to go to Asia. It never reveals that. All it says is, an angel came to Paul and said, yeah, don't go that way. Go to Macedonia or the Spirit told them not to go to Asia, and then an angel came, and, and you know, there was a yeah. whole thing. Um, he had a vision and a dream about Macedonia. And so, but that Paul was so connected to God that when he was like, all right, guys, I think we're going to go here, that God was like, nope, and he and doesn't explain why, doesn't give him an alternative at the time, and he's just like, okay, then we're going to sit. God told us to wait here, so we're going to wait. Like, how many people in my life... I guess, I don't know if I would have that amount of faith and amount of connection with God. I would like to think I do, but I don't know if I have that amount of faith that, all right, I think we're going to do this thing. God's like, no, just sit, give me a minute. And I'm like, okay, you know, uh, but that comes from spending time with him. Yeah. That comes from spending time with him every single day. And, and I think that's a huge part of knowing what your calling is, um, I mean, it it, it it amazes me sometimes, like, how amazing the Gospels really are, especially today that the speaker spoke about John um, after he talked about the touching of the boys and the girls. Um, he spoke about John. By the way, after, the context that he was talking about is that God wants to come in and touch parts of our lives and heal us. Um, and he and he doesn't discriminate. That was the context of the touching part, so I just want to make sure that nobody's You're like... You're not just like slander...
1: Or yeah, especially yeah. In, in our... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to slander him.
2: So. It was a beautiful sermon. He just... He said these things, and in, in the context, it still made sense, but I was just... Okay. Anyway, poor being. Um, in this beautiful sermon, it was all about John 14, and, 14 through 17 and how that whole section is about the intimacy that God wants to have with us and how close he wants to be with us and, and how... Deep his friendship he uh you know a friendship and an intimate relationship he wants with us, and it was so beautiful and I was like, man, it was like I was reading them again for the first time, and I've read those exact I preached on those exact same scriptures, probably five, six times each in my life you know those chapters those concepts uh, I've read them probably twenty times um and it was just like I was reading them again and, and it's like, man are such a treasure trove of knowledge that we have that I think sometimes we just pass by and we kind of forget and take for granted. Um, and and you definitely have to work for it. You know, it's not like an advice. It's not like a magic eight ball where you can just, all right, God, am I going to do this today? And then just, I'm making motions, I realize, on the radio, um, but work with me here. And then all of a sudden, God's going to pop up the magic answer. But I think eventually, as you spend time, like you were saying, Becker, as you spend time in the Word, and you go, God, I feel like you're calling me to something, as you ask for those signs and move and listen to Him respond back to you, whether through reading or through other people or through uh, songs, however it is that God speaks to you, and He speaks in a plethora of ways, um, I think that as you spend time in the Word, spending time with Him, um, that quality time, He answers, yeah. you know? And don't forget, we have we have God's literal word to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, but th- okay, now you've now you've touched on something else that I really like. So these are great segues. Tony, we talk about the magic eight ball, right? I think the other thing we do with calling is we use it as an excuse for uh, to cover when things go bad, right? So yeah. we have this mistaken idea that if God calls us to something, it will absolutely be successful. And I think sometimes they're, they're in some cases immediately. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are some cases where God has called people to literally fail, quote unquote, right? Like fail by, I guess our standards. Um, there's this, uh, there's this story in the book radical by David Platt of a couple that felt called to go to an indigenous tribe somewhere in, uh, on the other side of the world. I forget what country. And, uh, what?
2: isn't it the middle East somewhere? I want to No, say?
1: I feel like it was an Asian country, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, that- that's the middle. East, uh, it's but okay. been years yeah. since I've read it, but like the story itself stands out to me. Anyways, I everyone you, told yeah. them like it was a cannibalistic tribe, and um, they didn't speak English. And, and the couple felt called to go. They sold. They started selling all their things. Everyone was telling them, "Don't go! Don't go! You're going to die!" And they said, "We have to do this. Like, there's just something inside of us. God is pushing us to do this." And so they did. And they they got to that tribe, and sure enough, they were killed, and eaten. A few years later, another couple is called to go to that same tribe, and everyone tells them, "No, remember what happened to the last couple. Don't do this. You're going to die." And they said, "There's this burning fire in us. We have to go." And they did. And just before they were killed, the tribe remembered the last couple that came, and said, "Well, let's hear these people out." And the and it resulted in the entire tribe being converted right? And, and so you've got this thing where sometimes God does call people to quote-unquote fail. And that's the other thing on it, too. Like, God doesn't promise that your calling is going to be easy. And what we do is we, we, do, we, we go, God, you called me here. Why is everything so hard? Or why is it going so bad? And we, we blame God for, in many cases, uh, for what, in many cases, is our fault, right? Like, a lot of people know the story of Ellen White being called as a, as a prophet, what they don't know is that God called two other people before her, three other people, you're right, three other people before her, that all said, no, I don't want to do this, right? Like, there's this option of, like, you have choice, you have agency, and God has created you with a mind, with the ability to reason, and and I'm not, like, trying to patronize anyone. But I think it's important that we remember our responsibility and our calling, which is to fill, fulfill our end of the deal. And uh, and, and it's not God's fault If you make a poor decision or something goes awry, because if God's called you to be there, then he's called you to be there.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the other thing we need to realize is that God doesn't call us to easy things. Um, The easy way is ignoring the calling. Life will be much easier when you don't follow God. You don't have the peace. There are blessings that come that, in my mind, outweigh, which is why, okay, this is what fascinates me. Yes, your job right now is very hard and you're very tired, but I'm willing to bet it is less stressful than being a pastor.
1: Uh, Sort of. There's a lot less intangibles, which makes it a lot less stressful in that regard.
2: Um, And what's amazing to me is when I was a pastor, I've had way more way more high-stress, quote-unquote, jobs. But being a pastor was one of the most stressful things I ever did, have ever done. Mm. And I was in Israel during rocket attacks, okay? So I, when I say stress, I know stress. I have been, you know, circling, you know, with tiger sharks circling me. I've been on, uh, you know, 80-foot, 140-foot, uh, you know, cliffs. when you know, wind is shaking us, and there's only like three feet of, of you know, Ridge to be on. I have been in high stress situations. Being a pastor, one of the most continually sustainably high stress. And I can't explain to you why. I can't in logical terms tell you. It sounds ridiculous. I'm like, well, there was board meetings and stuff. And it's because there's outside forces that are attacking you. And you are not only being attacked by these forces specifically there to bring you down, but you are... Also, and this is, goes for any ministry, by the way, any ministry you get called to. But when you get called to that, you are so spiritually responsible for these people. You feel that burden on you. Yeah. And, and I'm sure for you with your ministry teams and, and, and as a ministry coordinator, you feel that for your ministry teams. Yeah. And so that's why I, why I was like, I stressed for business. them.
1: Like, I still feel like I'm a pastor. I may not be in charge of a church, but I am a pastor very much so.
2: Exactly. And that's that idea of like, man, it is so. It can become so stressful. Um, and and that's ministry is stressful in ways that don't make logical sense, and yeah. you can't explain it. And and that's the thing. So the, if you want to take the easy road out, the easy road out is 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 leaving your calling, not the ministry, but leaving your calling.
1: Unless you're Jonah.
2: Um. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, well I,
1: I think, I think too, like, there is—I I get this a lot from atheists, right, that, that you know, choosing the belief in God is the easy way out, right? Um, it's not as harsh as the harsh realities of the world or whatever. But, I like, I think a true faith in God doesn't shy away from the harsh realities of life. If anything, my life has been way harder after I accepted Jesus, not before. I think the easy way out is believing in God, but not—or believing God exists, but not actually doing anything about it. Like I think that's the easy yeah. way out, right? Claiming the belief yeah. for convenience sake instead of actually committing yourself to it. Um, I think that's the easy way out, and um, so I, I, I do think there's an element of that to it. But I absolutely think, like, yeah, God does not spare you from the harsh realities of life. He doesn't. He doesn't shy away from them because God's interested in in a much bigger game, right? God's interested in a much bigger plan in a much longer time frame, and He would rather and he would rather have you suffer for a while now and be saved for eternity than the other way around. That doesn't necessarily mean he's causing the suffering, nor do I mean to think, mean to uh, claim this as some sort of theodicy that this explains all the existence of evil. That's not the, that's not the point of what I'm saying here. Um, I'm saying like in, in micro ways, I do think God does allow certain things um, simply because if he didn't, and if there was no, Opportunity to grow, or opportunity. I think the biggest lessons I've learned in my life have come from a place of pain, and I think sometimes that's what God allows for us as well. But I mean, even the disciples following their calling screwed up all the time. Peter gets called out for being a racist and a hypocrite in Galatians two by Paul, right? There's all these. There's these moments and, and acts, yeah, yeah, and acts. Uh, Paul and Barnabas fought all the time. To- like, they argued, and eventually, what was it? Oh Paul and gosh. Barnabas, they split up. Like They split
2: up, the, yeah. Like,
1: the dynamic yeah. duo did That's dipped. a great example. Uh, so it's... Which, which you would
2: think, I mean, and again, they were in a high-stress situation, but that's what cracks me up as I go, if anyone is going to have the perfect relationship, it's Paul and Barnabas. They're the yin and yang. But and yet, even them, even that perfect relationship that quote unquote on paper should have been awesome, they had to split. Yeah, they had to go their separate ways. They fought. And, and I don't God worked it out to his glory, but I don't think he planned that. I don't think he wanted that. Yeah. But it happens. It's difficult.
1: And I think you know, I think the other thing that, that following our calling allows us to do is it allows us to be confident that we're, we're, we're we are where we are supposed to be. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be given the confidence that this situation is going to turn out "quote unquote" okay, right? So I think it's a it's a different kind of confidence that you live with. Um, I, I see a lot of people say well, just take comfort that you're you know you're living in your calling. No, you can live in your calling and still be scared to death, right? Uh, I, because you don't know, there's a lot of unknown with what's coming. But I also think uh, that there is a different kind of calling that can't or a different kind of confidence that definitely can sustain us. And that's the confidence that we are where we should be. Uh, And yeah, we still have the same fear of the unknown that we've always had, but there's this kind of, there's this weird confidence of knowing you're at least on the right road.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can tell you right now, you you're at peace and it's a peace that doesn't make sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just weird. Like, Kind of calmness, but at the same time, like it's a chaotic calmness, uh, as so many things are. up You're in the calm; order.
2: the situation is. Yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. I can tell you, my um, so keeps my you grounded, the I calling think. that I had for a long time to ministry. I'll give you okay. So there's a big calling, and then there's a specific calling. Um, the the M, the e, the there's a a life calling, and then there's that. Uh, uh, what was the word I said? Um, Temporal or or impermanent um, calling. So the first one is like my calling to ministry. And um, my whole life, I've been called to it. And I fought it 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 and I fought it. And And finally, at 19 years old, uh, I was in a bad, bad place. Uh, Spiritually, um, I was addicted to various uh, things. you know, no no narcotics or anything like that, but video games and pornography and different things like that. I um, was not spending any time in the Word, was not spending any time really with God, any quality time. Um, and I was going to be a film major, you know? Like, I was just not following what God was, was clearly putting on my life. And it was in that moment that that's when God kind of woke me up. And he did this thing where he just, he revealed to me through a series of incidents where, Tony, you were born to be a minister. Specifically for me, you know, at this time, the pastoral ministry, but you were born to serve me. You were born to tell people about me. And, And he just asked, you know, why are you fighting it? You like these other things, and it's true. I love doing film, but it's not something that if I if I don't tell this story, it's going to keep me up at night, or you know, it's going to bother me. Or, or the only things that keep me up at night are instances where I fail to share Jesus with people. Um. Those are the things that keep me up at night, and and those are the those are the times that that bother me. You know, it's not the missed opportunities of oh you know uh, I could have been an actor, I could have been a famous no, it was like. Man, I wish I'd gotten out of my own head. Or, or you know what I mean, just just been able to, to, to really pull myself away from, from my own perspectives to be able to share God with this person in a better way. Instead, I was so selfish and I missed this opportunity. Those are the things that keep me up at night. And God just really, in that moment, he revealed that to me. And I realized, you're right, you know, why am I fighting this? You have called me to serve you. And he called me in a very specific way, which which right now is to be a pastor, but also in that lifelong way, which is I'm, I know what my calling is. Now, fast forward a few years. Um, my junior year, I get a job offer from Texas, and I immediately feel at peace about it, like this is the right one. Um, I'd done a little research on it and whatever, but I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. But that's a lot of time, and... They hadn't given me anything definite. Um, it was more along the lines of, you've got a job. Like, when you graduate, you have a job here, which is nice, but as they'll tell you, verbal contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so they, I waited a few years. I got calls from various other conferences, and every time I got a call from a conference, I was not at peace about going there. One particular place called me twice. I said, no. I said, thank you. I'm just not at peace. I want to appreciate it. You know, I'm anticipating, you know, going there at some point because I, I, you know, very much like what you're doing, but I just don't feel like God's calling me there right now. And they said, we'd actually like to interview you again. Would you be willing to interview with us? Which I've never heard of. Hmm. Um, I got to be honest. Like, I've never heard of that. I'm sure it's happened before, but I was like, okay. And so I went in and I said, God, you have to give me something specific I can't just walk away with this uneasy feeling. And he goes, all right, Tony, I will give you everything you think you want, or you can trust me. Hmm. And it wasn't a, like, angry, like, fine, I'll give you everything you think you want. It was, I will give you on paper everything you think you want. And it really was. That job was perfect. Or you can trust me. And I said, okay, I'm going to trust you. And long story short, I ended up in Texas. And so that was that Im- impermanent calling, but I felt called to go to te- I didn't feel called to specifically go to this place in Texas. Some people are, but I felt like that was the place where God was calling me to. And I don't think he's calling me there forever. Um, I might. That'd be Fast forward 50 years, Tony never leaves Texas, dies with cowboy boots on and a bolo tie. Um, but, but that's just the reality. For me, it was like my, my calling was permanent, and it was a big, earth-shattering event, my calling the other way was just, it was a very, I knew his voice, I listened, I prayed a ton during that whole time, um, which you should always pray, but I prayed just a crazy amount. I fasted over it. Um, um, well, I think... Yeah, and I, so I that, it's, it's just that idea.
1: I think that God certainly does uh, call us on occasion to very specific things, right? So instead of just going to Texas... Like you may say, you need to go to Houston, Texas, or Arlington, Texas, yeah. or whatever. Like there are times where where that definitely happens, right? But I think,
2: I but I think that's not the not the usual.
1: No, the vast majority of people have to kind of infer calling, and and I think, um, and I think that's okay. And I think we see that in Scripture too, right? I've talked about this with the healing miracles, where in Acts you see Peter healing people with his shadow. Right, but then by James, you see him. You see James saying, "Hey, if one of you's sick, uh, gather the elders around to pray for you." Right, like even they were seeing it, it. wasn't just like a, if you are sick, go to one of the apostles and have them lift you up or something. You know, it was literally just have people pray over you. And so, even in scripture, we saw this decline in 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 kind of the some more direct things that we saw God doing. And and I think uh, that that's true in the case of calling as well. Absolutely, but I think. The other half of this is from the job perspective the employer perspective, right? So there are times where so a kid, someone interviews you and then they choose you and they're like, "Well, we prayed about this and you know, we feel God is calling us to offer you this position." And you go, "Okay, but I don't feel God calling me to that position." So yeah. yeah. what's right? Right? Like like that's that's a thing and 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 sometimes to me when I've come across that kind of situation, whether it's happened to me or to other people, is it does it like it does cast a little bit of doubt in my heart to say like okay are we using calling to emotionally manipulate people at this point or are we actually do we really feel called to do this and or you know do we do we really think that we are called to to to, to take this uh, course of action and I I really still haven't figured out how to deal with that when two people are praying for the same thing but it seems like they're getting two uh, completely opposite and unable to coexist to answers right? We see this in relationships. We see this in work, right? Like there are times where people feel called to do exactly opposite things. Um, And I honestly, like, can I just, I don't know how to, how to deal with those quite yet. There are some that have happened to close friends of ours, um, of mine. There are those that have happened to me. And I just, I don't know. I, I really, I'm just kind of in a place where I don't know yet how I want to handle those. What do you think?
2: I think sometimes, I don't know, man, that's a hard one.
1: Right, I
2: think sometimes God gives us multiple options, um, and I think that's why He isn't so specific sometimes. Um, I think He is general because He goes, "I want to." If you go down, I'm going to give you three doors. If you go down, door A, door B, door C. Like my in my calling to Texas, right? God didn't really give me options when it came to following Him and being called to ministry. He was like, "You're called to ministry. You were born to tell people about Me." That it wasn't really. You were born to. A, tell people about me, or B, it was like, this is what you were born for. This is what I designed you, you know, for. Um, the other one, it was like, God really was saying, you can go to door A or door B. I'll give you everything you think you want, or you can just trust me and go into the unknown. Um, And it, it was not done with sarcasm. It was not done with condescension. It was not done as a way of, like, patting me on the head. I think he really was giving me two completely different options. And I think either one, he was, I'll bless you if you go here. I'll bless you if you go here. Choose. And, yeah, you know, I think, can God, you know, that's a hard one. Can God call two different people in two different areas? You know, when a conference says, hey, we've prayed about this. I mean, I go back to when the GC makes a decision, right? And we all prayed about it. Yeah. Unless it's 100% or, you know, 90-10. Uh, you know, to me, Someone I always think wrong. it should be a super majority. It should be a supermajority. It shouldn't be a simple majority. It should be a super majority because if we, you know, who's wrong? Yeah. No, I go back to: Are the 977 people who voted for women's ordination were they not praying about it? I believe most of them were. I know quite a few of them, and they were know. praying you, very hard about it.
1: If you read some, if you read some articles online, from uh, you'd think that they weren't praying at all.
2: Don't start.
1: I'm not. Okay. I'm not saying where. I'm just saying they exist. Yeah,
2: whatever. But and, the reality is, you know, anytime the GC makes a decision that isn't like a complete like. We all think this is agreed. Any time I go back to who was right and who was wrong, I think God could have blessed him both ways. And I think that's just the reality. Sometimes God gives us options and goes, I'll I'll make either. Because God can make anything work. Understand this. The only thing that God can make work is when we choose to say, God, don't make this work. That's the only time. That is the only time when we choose to not let him, he can make everything else work out and get back to how close of a plan A he was going to make it, like as close as it can be to the perfect plan that he originally had for us. So despite all mistakes or bad choices, and I think sometimes God just goes, I can make this work, choose. You want to go to Kentucky or do you want to go to this? Do you want to eat this or do you want to go to that? Do you want to whatever, like go this way or go that way? I will bless you either way. Stay in the land and leave that's the great part about Joshua that I love, when he comes up and says that whole thing, right? Like, if you think it's good to serve the other gods, serve them. I don't have a problem with that.
1: But We're going to go it. here. Do
2: what's best for you. But yeah. for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, because yeah. he's blessed us.
1: But like, see, it's different if it, like there, so I think, while we, while we are talking about the same thing, I think there's an element of we're talking about two different things too. Because I'm thinking of like, I've called you to do this, but you feel that you're not called to do this. As a like, I feel that you're called to do this. You feel that you're not called to do this. So which one of us is right? Um, and when when like you know, that that's the kind of situation where where the there is no God can bless you in either outcome because in either outcome someone gets destroyed, right? Someone loses out on an employee or like if if two people are praying to get back together, right? One person thinks they're supposed to be, the other person thinks they're not supposed to be you can't satisfy both parties there um you know at least in the immediate sense you can't right over time there might be something that comes to it but like like either one of them was right or one of them was wrong right and i do think there are moments at least in the employer case where sometimes like the time that was bought by them thinking that it was you and then not being you ends up this other surprise candidate comes out of nowhere and that's the person that they should have gone with all along like, I do think sometimes those those kind of tiles fall into place uh, when—or the pieces fall into place when God does that. But, you know, there are just times where—and I'm and honestly, like, I'm glad this is a show where I can just openly admit this. I wrestle with that, and I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know that—I I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion on that. I don't necessarily plan to. I think right now that's just what it is.
2: We have to. We will keep recording I, until we come. Can...
1: I think that's absurd, Tony. That's what I think. I think it's absurd.
2: Ah, uh, you, you, you,
1: you had it this time. But I look, was going to come up with
2: something smarter, but it's late.
1: I think, I think the fulcrum of this entire point, this entire episode, comes down to trust, right? I, I think. Um, Somebody
2: read the dictionary.
1: Uh, nope, that was a reference to something I said roughly four minutes ago. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah. um I think it does come down to trust. I think it's coming down to trusting God to know what He's doing, to trust God that He's given you the ability to make decisions for yourself. I think it's trust that God will provide for you in wherever you're headed, and and that God will sustain you through it. And sustaining you does not necessarily mean protecting or like, um, you know, protecting from physical harm or yeah, sheltering you. Right. Um, One of the things I can't stand it. And to anyone who prays this prayer, I understand why you do it. It just really bugs me. But like, how protective is a hedge of protection? Like, like it's a hedge. It's not like a barbed wire fence or an electric. Like it's a, a it's a hedge.
2: It's a protection from snipers. Like I really, really I
1: really want to like Photoshop old pictures from history, like George Washington crossing the Delaware, but like Photoshop a hedge around the boat. Like, I just want to Photoshop like hedges of protection in like throughout in photos in history. I get the reference, I get what it's from, I get the meaning behind it, but like it's just, but yeah, it just sounds so ridiculous to me. Off topic, I I want to
2: use like a World War II tank just crashing over a hedge from like,
1: yeah, like, uh, turns out, where is your
2: hedge now?
1: Hedge's only weakness, air, (laughs) aerial combat, (laughs) mortars. That turns out if I just throw this grenade slightly higher, game over. <laughs> what's that? What's that episode of SpongeBob where they have the where they have the snowball fight? Right, like, uh, and they yeah. and, and, and yeah. then SpongeBob and, and Patrick build the uh, yeah. giant tunnel. Fantastic! Or the, like the giant like pipe or the whatever. giant castle. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, no, but I, you know, I do think it comes down to trusting God that he'll he'll sustain you through yeah. it for eternity. That he'll take care of you, and and that you, and and there is a confidence in knowing that you are safe where God has called you. Like I don't, I don't feel guilt for for leaving my pastoring job to do this. I feel sad, right? For you know, I miss my members. I miss some of the experiences that I had. Um, I do miss some of the things in pastoral life that I don't, I no longer get. But at the same time, like I'm completely happy and satisfied that I'm where God has called me to be. I'm using what God has called me to use um and i'm i'm acting on the on the passions of my heart that are in line with god's character <laughs> that are in line with you know with with what god has prescribed for us in scripture so if like my passion is murder that probably doesn't work if my passion is lying that doesn't work but if my passion is serving people is equipping them is giving them opportunities to connect with god is you know then then what i'm doing completely lines up with those and yeah so i'm completely confident where i am
2: I think that's another big point to make. God's not going to call you to something. I had a guy, and I'm not going to debate the pros and cons of the marijuana and the pot issue. I'm not going to do that right now. It's not the point. But I had a guy try to convince me that God was calling him to a pot ministry. And I'm just like, look, for better or worse, whether or not you agree with the cannabis debate, whether whatever side you're on, it's illegal right now. Whether it should be legal or not, it's not the point. It's illegal right now. God's not gonna call you to an illegal ministry. Um you know, within the realms, like yes, bringing Bibles into a I was
1: gonna say there's some um, ministry that literally There are illegal.
2: some things that are yeah, that go against the you know, the bring the scripture of God. But gossip you know, whether or not somebody gets pot is not you know, there's a whole debate about uh, whether or not you I should. Don't know. I I could the push point against is,
1: that. I'm not going to for the sake of yeah. time, but I could push against that.
2: Yeah, I or feel let's like let's do a one marijuana
1: where... episode one day. Can we do that? Maybe we'll do it just for the patrons.
2: We'll do something. Yeah, that'll be a, a... <laughs> give us and money and we'll tell you our thing, our feeling about pot. Yeah, ah, yeah, that's a nuanced debate. But the, I, honestly, like, and I and I kept trying to tell him like, if if honestly, if you feel that strongly about it, you know, start it. He's like, well, I just feel like a conference won't support me. And I go, look, honestly, there are conferences that'll support that. If you honestly truly feel, maybe not Adventist conferences, but there are places that, you know, that if you really, now my thing is he, I don't think we actually wanted to start a pot ministry, but had he really been that passionate about it and really felt like I was going into it, but my, my, the reality is like, you know, God's not going to call you to murder people. Yeah. You know, he's not going to call you to go against some of the, command. he's not going to call you, God's, God, God meant for us to be together. Well, then, you know, I'm sorry, but he's not calling you to, you know, commit adultery. He's not calling you to steal. He's not calling you to do those things. Sometimes, yes, break human laws to to follow God's laws. Well, But, you know, these people that God called me to not sign the homos, the merit. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Don't don't hide behind God. That's your political belief. Don't or hide don't, behind and God. And don't
1: hide that. behind God in a breakup either. That's I yeah, hate that same God, thing. God's calling me to break up or, with you. Or worse,
2: Sorry. never. And this is for any single guys out there listening, single girls too. But guys generally take the point. Never walk up to a girl or a guy and say, "The Lord revealed to me that we are meant to be together
1: or for God my God.
2: sake." Just know. Never say that
1: God, God unless made you just God me. himself
2: sent you a note, signed God, right? Yahweh in his, you know, like in, in his the handwriting Hebrew. Yeah, like unless it's on a tablet and it's got your name and her name engraved on there and it came out of the sky in front of both of you, do not say that do not yeah. hide behind that
1: unless unless God puts like a giant neon sign over their head that says like this person was made for you and they can see it neat, too neat, 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 right like <laughs> yeah exactly uh, with a finger
2: I, like you know the moving yeah. finger pointing down to them and look exactly. hey maybe some people that's how they found their wife but don't walk up to them and say that do not calling, hide behind
1: calling can definitely be a manipulative tool and i think we definitely need to be careful on how we use our calling yeah. or use what we feel called to be
2: but But at the same time, I think it's something that's so powerful. It's a journey of self-discovery and it's one that is continual. Don't Mm -hmm. stop. God is continuously calling you.
1: I think that's a good place to end on, right at an hour. So thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity, for being patient with us as I make this transition. Tony and I are going to find a new time to record and please bear with us through the adjustments of new location and and trying to figure out my life. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity. You can find us um, on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcasting app that you so desire. Um, you can. If you follow us on iTunes, please leave a review. That really helps me out. That helps Tony out as well. We've got some special things coming up. We do. We've been talking about them. It's just a matter of scheduling them. That's really it. Um, but I, I am excited for what's on the horizon with Absurdity. And, um, hey, on October 1, check out Project Refresh from the Carolina Conference. I am working on a new podcast with them that launches – on October 1 called Echo. So you can check that one out. It's both video and audio. So you'll be able to, to check that out however you want. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, uh, you can email me, Ryan180Becker, or at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me, at Ryan180Becker. Or you can tweet at Tony. He's yawning. Wait, did he just finish? He just finished. Tony, what's your Twitter? <laughs>
2: Uh, at Tony T U N Y underscore anobly A N O B I L E or you can just search the new Dr. Jones.
1: Great. And all those links will be down in the script in the episode description. Thank you guys so much. And one last thing, if you want to donate to us and, and support this podcast financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. And let me put let me put it this way the more patrons I have, the less sponsors I have to get. So if you want less ads, then supporting this financially is the best way to do that. Um, Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.